is Killer Innovations, a show about ideas, creativity, and how you can innovate. Welcome to the Innovator's Garage, where you learn to create your next game-changing killer innovation. Welcome to this week's episode of Killer Innovations. It's a show about creativity, innovation, and design, and I'm your host, Phil McKinney. In this episode, we're going to talk about innovation coaching and innovation mentoring. Now, I recently did a blog post over on my blog over at philmckinney.com, and it got a lot of response. There was just a lot of interest in really understanding the difference between coaching and mentoring, and then specifically about coaching and mentoring as it relates to um, innovation. So uh, this is Easter Sunday, so uh, you get me. Uh, next week, we'll have uh, a new set of guests. We've got a great set of guests coming up. But given the amount of questions that I've gotten specifically on this topic, I wanted to take today's show and really uh, just spend some time sharing with you my thoughts, a little bit more than what was shared on the blog post over at Phil McKinney, um, but then also to uh, take a uh, uh, listen to your questions and comments. We do broadcast the show live, both on Facebook Live, as we are right now, and we also uh, do broadcast live over on Zoom US. Uh, Zoom is a technical sponsor for the show. We appreciate their support. Um, if you want to, if you're listening to the radio and you want to cop on over and actually take a peek in the studio um, as we do the show, uh, just go over to killinnovations.com slash live and you have all the live options so you can watch us live in the studio. And through any of those means, you can actually ask any questions you have of me or when we do have guests on the show, uh, you can ask, ask them guests also. So let's go ahead and get started this week. So the real question around people tend to use sometimes coaching and mentoring as interchangeable, and they're not. They are distinctly different. They are not the same thing. So think about it from the standpoint of if you need something that's very specific instruction, a specific skill set. So let's use uh, American baseball as the analogy. You have a pitching coach because they know the specific mechanics of pitching. Um, you have a defensive coach for American football. Uh, that coaching is really around a very specific set of skill sets. Mentoring is really a much broader context. It's really about the big picture. It's about you know, how do you transformative activities or, or, or uh, perspectives on your, not just your career, but also your personal life and around success and uh, those kinds of things. So it's not about the specific skills. It's really about um, that big picture. And in, in that case, coaching tends to be short and sweet. It tends to be very specific, um, short amount of time, specifically tied to solving a very specific problem versus mentoring tends to be um, a much more longer relationship. It tends to be um, where you would have uh, a relationship over many, many, many years. Now, in my case, you know, I was fortunate early in my career to have just an absolute uh, phenomenal uh, early mentor, uh, Bob Davis, who's now actually uh, long retired, lives in Arizona now. But, uh, Bob was the guy who found me, recruited me out of the university, uh, put me into my first job, 
Um, we had a very, very long relationship. I actually went with three companies with him um, as part of my as part of my career development. So it wasn't just around just simply uh, staying on, uh, you know, in one place, but it really was about uh, getting a variety of skill sets. And one of the unique things Bob did early in my career was is that he actually rotated me through a bunch of jobs. Um, so it was kind of a little bit of a mentoring. Maybe you could cross it over into a little bit of coaching. Um, but it really was about uh, rotating me through. You know, I, was a, I thought I was a pretty hotshot software engineer. Uh, thought uh, I knew it all. Thought I could come in and just really uh, be transformative in the business. Uh, and Bob sat me down and busted that balloon. Um, but also pointed out that says, hey, you know, you could be the world's greatest software engineer, but you're, for you to be successful in business in a broader context, you need to have a much broader set of skill sets. So he actually rotated me through. So I spent six months doing my software work. Then I went and did six months in IT, and I did six months in sales, and I did six months in marketing, and I did six months in corporate finance. And it was that rotation of both getting myself, getting my head screwed on straight, you know, lose the ego, understand your role in the business, but then learning this skill set. And this started off in a, a subsidiary of Prentice Hall Publishing, which is my first job out of college, and then became and actually became transformed um, in a much broader context for, uh, for uh, overall success. So, so for me, having that mentoring experience, I knew what a mentor was, and I knew you know, what it was, what it did for me and how it helped me uh, for my overall career success. Um, and I've had coaching also through, you know, through the, uh, uh, through my career also. Short-term um, engagements where I may have needed um, a specific skill set. Probably the best coaching I've ever received and was worth every penny was media training. And I call that a coaching experience. Um, intelligent. So this was my first time as a senior, really a true senior executive at a startup that was doing an IPO. Uh, we were all on the management team spending a lot of time in front of the press, in front of reporters. Um, and the CEO, Alex Mandel, who used to be the president of AT&T, um, dictated that everybody that was going to be in front of the press had to go through this media training. This was probably some of the most intense media training I have ever had in my entire career, but it was the best and most impactful. And that is primarily driven from the fact that they actually put you through the normal pressure sequence that you would have in an interview. So they would, you know, ask you the easy softball questions, and then they would ask you some you know, uh, harder questions. They would try to trip you up. They would word the questions in weird ways to try to confuse you. Um, we also ended up with uh, certain private information being having been fed to these reporters. And these were real reporters, reporters whose names and faces you would recognize um, from things like 60 Minutes and 2020 and Fox News. They actually used real reporters to ask these questions in these mock experiences to try to really make get you out of the fact that this was training and make you really feel like it was real. And so they would actually feed these reporters private information, things that just would never be known, and they would then in turn 
ask those questions in the interview to try to make you trip up, get you flustered, get you to say something you shouldn't have said. Um, I can tell you when I got done with that training, I, I literally had sweat through my shirt. I had sweat through my sport coat. Um, I, it, it was intense. Um, but that coaching that I received on that quote, media training was some of the best that I've ever received. And it actually helped prepare me for doing things like doing this podcast, uh, but also the way I interact with the press. And given that I spend a lot of time talking to reporters and uh, et cetera, that, that training has been um, absolutely instrumental. Now, when it comes to your own uh, coaching and mentoring, the one question you have to ask is how much involved is your employer? Um, in some cases, the coaching and mentoring that I do um, may actually be funded by the employer. The employer may call me up and say, hey, Phil, we got this guy. He's trying to put together the innovation team. He seems to be struggling a little bit. Could, would you be interested in taking him on as a mentoring? So in this case, the employer is paying me. In some cases, individuals will reach out to me directly to do coaching and mentoring. And that really then determines, you know, what that level of engagement is. However, it doesn't matter who's paying, the conversation is confidential with the, with the individual. It doesn't get shared with the employer, even if the employer is paying for it. It has to stay confidential. And you've got to find coaches and mentors that truly understand that. So, so just to give you kind of really a quick checklist, if you're looking for specific skills or outcomes to a very specific challenge, like media training, you're looking for a coach. If you're looking to develop kind of, let's say, innovation leadership among your current staff, that's mentoring. You know, so that's, you know, if you're trying to build up, you know, leadership, because leadership is more than just a skill. There's much more to leadership uh, that needs to be built up. So mentoring is less specific. Um, and it, it's things like those like leadership uh, characteristics that we typically think of mentoring. So... Again, that's the difference between coaching and mentoring. We're going to go into the next segment of the show, and we're going to talk specifically about coaching and specifically about mentoring. So stay right where you're at. We're going to be right back. Uh, we're going to take this quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to pick up where we left off, talking about innovation, coaching, and uh, mentoring. So stay right there. If you've got a question on Facebook Live, go ahead and post that question. And when we come back, we'll continue the conversation. You're listening to Kill Innovations on the BizTalk Radio Network. BizTalk Radio. is Killer Innovations, a show about ideas, creativity, and how you can innovate. Welcome to the Innovator's Garage, where you learn to create your next game-changing killer innovation. Welcome back to this week's episode of Killer Innovations, a show about creativity, innovation, and design. I'm your host, Phil McKinney. Uh, we're going to pick up this episode. We started the conversation around innovation coaching and innovation mentoring. Uh, the last segment, we talked about really what's the definition between coaching and mentoring. In this s segment of the show, we're going to talk about really specifically around innovation coaching. Now, uh, there's actually was a blog post that I did some time ago around 
um, the four questions you should ask an innovation coach. And it was quite funny. Before, you know, when I was preparing for today's show, I went out onto Google and I did a search of how many people are hung their shingle out there as an innovation coach. And there are literally tens of thousands um, of people who are out there uh, hanging the shingle. And the question that I get a lot is, is how do you find a good coach? You know, is there, you know, is there some certification process? The answer is no. Is there some kind, or at least there's nothing real out there yet. Some people are claiming that they've created a certification process. It doesn't really exist. It doesn't exist until you get enough uh, critical mass around it. Uh, you know, is there some kind of criteria? Is there some kind of testing? You know, none of that exists. So you're kind of on your own when you're out there and you're trying to find an innovation coach that's going to work for you. So, uh, so here are the four questions that if I were looking for an innovation coach or when I advise people who need to go out and hire an innovation coach to help their teams um, on some specific issues, here are the questions that I would ask. The first one up is probably the most important question is, is this innovation coach an experienced innovator? <laughs> I can't tell you how many innovation coaches I've come across that have absolutely no experience. They've never actually taken an idea, walked, you know, walked it through the entire process and launched it and had it be a big success. You know, how many consumers or how many businesses or how many customers are using an innovation that they didn't just think of it or they didn't think of something like it. They actually did it from beginning to end. It's... <laughs> There's the analogy of this is in life coaches. There's this big burst of people out there hanging out their shingle for life coaches. The funny part is, is these are 22, 23, 24-year-old people who are going out and hanging out their shingle to be life coaches when they don't even have any of that experience yet. Um, the same applies to the innovation. Have you or has that coach actually been uh, an innovator? Have they actually done something that's meaningful and significant? And what is it? And how do you go validate it? How much were they really involved in it? How much did they really do? You know, I started off my early career at Computer Sciences Corporation as a consultant, and a consultant primarily to the wireless side of the industry. Now, early in the career, I was, the young, I was a young consultant, right? I'm like every other young consultant. They buy, they hire you by the bus loads. They stick you onto airplanes. You fly around the world, and you're that young kid who's going to come in there and tell some leadership team that's got 25 years experience what they're doing wrong and what they shouldn't do. And I can give you the perspective of having started there and then shifting over to actually having the operating experience. When I went to Telligent, I came from a consulting background to the operating role, and did an operating role for five years. Then I went to went to Hilo Packard after my short my first retirement, right? And actually, you know, started off in the you know helping HP organize itself post the compact merger and then being named CTO, and then actually having to run R and D and actually run the innovation teams and actually live it. And let me tell you, the expertise and experience you get from the other side of doing it versus the front side of consulting about it distinctly different. And so therefore, uh, you know, living through that whole experience is what's put me and prepared me for where I'm at now. 
looking at innovation coaches who have no experience, I, I would just stay away. Let them go get their experience on somebody else. Let them actually go work for a company where they drove innovation or drove that development. Second question on here is who else are they coaching? Are they coaching companies that are competitors to yours in the same market? Are they uh, an innovation coach in cosmetics and your consumer electronics company? That's different innovation experiences and different innovation expertise. So from that standpoint, um, you need to find people who, one, depending on your perspective on competition, but more importantly, uh, in an area that you're experienced in. Because innovation as a term by itself is highly overused. You need innovation expertise in an area that you need help in. Um, yeah, third question, what is it about this innovation coach that is attracting its followers? Who else is following it? Who else are they coaching? Why are they getting so much attention? Um, be careful of it. It's just about the book they wrote, right? Because, yeah, okay, I've got my book out there, but I'd be the first to tell you. A book by itself is not a great expression of expertise. Um, nobody does a book by themselves. So whenever you read a book, you're reading a conglomeration of a bunch of people's inputs. If you're going to get coaching from an individual, um, what is it? Why are people so attractive to that individual? And why are people so attractive to what it is they do? Because that is what you're looking for. You're looking for something as to why are others lining up behind this person? Why is it that everybody uh, seems to be so interested in what it is that they're doing? So uh, keep that in mind and find people who are kind of going in the direction that you want to go. And the number four is, is can you translate the, the approach that they use to what it is you're doing? Look, every one of us in the innovation game, we've got our own little approaches, our own little quirks, our own little ways of doing stuff, right? Mine's the fire process, focus, ideation, ranking, exercise. You know, IDEO, Kelly's got his, you know, 10 faces of innovation, finding, you know, the the, the types of people that to put on the teams, right? You got to go talk to a bunch of different people and find out what their approach is and see if you're going to see a way to translate what it is they're doing into what it is the problem or the opportunity that you're facing. So, uh, again, you want to be able to think about what is it they're doing and not to just follow blindly, but how can I adapt what they're doing to what it is that I'm trying to do um, within the problem or scope that I'm focused in on. So, again, the four questions are, is there an innovation coach has experience as an innovator? Who else are they coaching? What is it about this innovation coach that's attracting their big set of followers? And the fourth question is, is can I translate this approach to, to, to what it is you're doing? So, now a number of you may be asking, hey, Phil, can you coach me? Um, I'll put a link up in the show notes if you are interested in, in me and my coaching or my innovation style, just so you can kind of compare mine to other people. I don't take on very many people at all. So uh, this is not a pitch, but I'll give you some insight on how I do it. Okay. So stay right there. We're going to come back from this commercial break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about uh, innovation mentoring. So stay right there. And uh, we'll be back after this short commercial break. You're listening to Kill Innovations on the BizTalk Radio Network. BizTalk Radio.
This is Killer Innovations, a show about ideas, creativity, and how you can innovate. Welcome to the Innovator's Garage, where you learn to create your next game-changing killer innovation. Welcome to this week's episode of Killer Innovations, a show about creativity, innovation, and design. I'm your host, Phil McKinney. Uh, in this segment of the show, we're going to talk about the, the whole role of innovation mentoring. Now, in the first segment, we talked about the difference between coaching and mentoring. Uh, coaching is really around a very specific skill set, like a pitching coach for a baseball team or a defensive coach in American football. Um, and versus mentoring is much broader. It's really about life in general. You know, when you think about uh, kind of mentors and the mentors that I've had in my life, like Bob Davis, uh, that I talked about earlier, uh, Bob had a much pr more profound uh, impact on my life, not just about uh, the business world, but also on a personal basis also. Mentors are ones that, you know, that, that, that can take you under, the, under that wing and, and uh, really devote the time and the energy into helping you kind of learn from all the mistakes they've made over their entire career. So uh, in this case, uh, the uh, um, mentors are critically important. Uh, you need to be very selective. I, by sheer luck, um, ended up being mentored by Bob Davis. So this was not a situation where um, I went out and strategically thought about it. Um, he just happened to be a guy that hired me. We clicked really well in the interviewing process. I was really excited about the opportunity. It was a new division of a very large company. So kind of a startup within um, a very large company. This is in the very, very early 80s. Um, and so I purely fell into mentoring, uh, fell into my mentor by accident. But I would encourage you to be a little more strategic and think about it if, because you're going to hitch their wagon. This isn't a, a three-month hitch or a six-month hitch. You need to be thinking of in half decades or decades kind of relationships, the kind of people that um, have a model of business and a model of a personal life that you really can get can really attach to and and really see yourself. These are people that you're going to go to when you've got a personal problem. People you're going to go to to when you when you're facing a really tough career challenge. Um, now there's office mentors, you know, kind of somebody maybe two levels up that's helping you within the company you're in. I'm talking about high impact kinds of, of mentors. So some of the questions when you want to try to figure out whether a specific mentor is one that is one that you're going to click with is what asking the mentor, what do you wish you knew at my stage? So if I was a young executive or a young engineer coming into an organization and I saw an executive who I just thought they really had it all together, both their personal life and their professional life, their family life, their prioritization of decisions, etc. This is the question I would ask them. I'd go out and say, you know, what do you wish you knew at my stage? Because guess what? All of us, you know, hindsight is 2020. When we get to look back and look at all everything that, that I knew now that I didn't know then, there's a, you get that perspective. And when, when I have younger executives or younger engineers ask me this question, this is the benefit of, of that hindsight. You know, what is it that I knew, right? You know, if I was starting my career, what advice would I give my 25-year-old self from where I'm at today being 55? 
you know, 30 years of, of perspective, right? It's the um, perspective of, you know, don't feel like you're in such a rush. Um, you know, yes, priorities and timelines are important, but um, at the same time, life will go by so quickly. Um, my personal perspective, I spent a lot of time on the road traveling as a young executive. I would be gone 40, 45 weeks a year, right? I have three kids, right? And sad to say, for the first 10, 12, 15 years of their lives, I was on the road, right? I would have a different perspective now if I was starting out. Yes, I had had great career success, but would I trade that off for time with my family? Think long and hard about that. Um, the other is, is flexibility, right? Technologies are going to change. Technolo in my case, technologies are an important part of my career. Things are going to change, right? So those are all kinds of things that I've, I've, my perspective when I look back over 30 years of my, of my career. Second question I would ask a mentor if I was trying to figure out whether or not this was going to be a mentor that I was really going to focus in on um, and work with, and that is asking them what motivates you. What is your motivation, right? And that motivation has got to be matched up with your motivation, right? If your motivation is about money, then you want to find a mentor who's got a similar motivation. My motivation is not money. Um, you know, my motivation is paying it forward. My motivation is helping others. My motivation is, is sharing my experience and expertise. You know, I've spent literally lots of dollars every year um, doing this radio show and this podcast out of my own pocket. I make no money on it. Um, but as, as my way of getting, getting this out and making it available to as many people as possible, um, that's what my motivation is. Um, you know, I use kind of a, a 5F criteria for how I make, you know, what motivates me and how I make my decisions. So the five Fs are faith, family, friends, fitness, and finances. The five Fs. Faith, family, friends, fitness, and finances. And what I found is if you deal with the top four, finances take care of themselves. A lot of people, they want to put the finance at the top. It's all about chase the dollar, chase the dollar. Um, and early in my career, I'll admit, I fell into that trap. It didn't get me anywhere. When I got my priorities and my criteria set up right, everything, everything started to change for me. That's when um, my career really took off. So again, that's just mine. But every mentor has this kind of a criteria and how do they prioritize, how they make decisions, what motivates them. You want to find a mentor where you can match up to them. The third question is, is what difficulties have you experienced and how did you get past them, right? We've all had, you know, career challenges, right? We've all either, we've all gotten fired from jobs. We've all gone with companies that shut down, went bankrupt, whatever. We've all worked for hard, difficult bosses. We've all had challenges in our relationships, whether it be um, with your spouse, with our kids, the you know, our parents, all those challenges, right? And so if someone says, oh, my, you know, I've, I've got it all figured out and never had an issue, you know, run the other direction. That's not a mentor you want to engage with. You, know, you want a mentor also that's going to open up and share with you their real experiences, right? You know, like how do you deal with the set of conflicting prioritizations between 
family obligations and work obligations, right? What tools and tricks can they give you and how to handle those kinds of situations, uh, those kinds of things. So again, what difficulties have you experienced and how did you get uh, past them? The fourth question is, if, um, you know, if you're, if you're in, in, on the job, particularly if, you, if you're dealing with a boss, right? In my day job, I've got a couple of my staff who've asked me to mentor them. It's a little bit of a different mentoring. This is really around very specifically career mentoring for them, right? Here's a question, though, if I, had go, if I was going to go to a boss and I was going to ask for mentoring, here's the question I would ask, which is, how can I make your life easier? I'm your mentee. You're my mentor. How is it that I can make your life easier? Now, in reality, in all the years of my mentoring, I have never been asked that question. Never. And that's an, it's an interesting insight, right? Because it's also one way for the mentee to learn. What can the mentee take off of you, my plate that actually will allow them to learn, allow them to grow, and therefore then actually ramp up their experience and expertise um, even faster? So that would be the fourth question. So really quick, the four questions on innovation mentors would be, what do you wish you knew at my stage? Right. So kind of what experience or what recommendation would you give to a 25 year old version of yourself? Second is, is what motivates you? Third is, is what difficulties have you experienced and how did you get past them? And then the fourth question, um, if it's your boss or something in the work relationship where you can have more direct impact, ask them, how is it? What is it that they can I can take off your plate to make your life easier? So those are the four questions that I would go out and engage with, with regards to a mentor, okay? And now mentors are critical, like I said, it's, you're gonna have a relationship with them for five to, five to 10 years. So you wanna think long and hard about that. So we're gonna take another quick commercial break. Um, when we come back, we're gonna pick up, continuing our discussion on this. And also I've got some new news on the, on the, about, the, about the radio show. So you're not gonna to wanna to go anywhere. So stay right there, you're listening to Killer Innovations on the BizTalk Radio Network. BizTalk Radio. This is Killer Innovations, a show about ideas, creativity, and how you can innovate. Welcome to the Innovator's Garage, where you learn to create your next game-changing killer innovation. Welcome back to this week's episode of Killer Innovations, a show about creativity, innovation, and design. I'm your host, Phil McKinney. Uh, this week, we were talking about uh, innovation coaching and innovation mentoring. And we spent the first segment kind of giving you the difference between uh, coaching and mentoring. There's actually a blog post uh, that I did over at philmckinney.com that goes into more detail. I'll put links into it um, in the show notes for you. Uh, but then we also went to more specifics. What are the questions you should ask if you're going to go out and looking for an innovation coach? And then the questions you should ask if you're uh, looking for an innovation mentor. 
Both of those sets of questions are also part of previous blog posts over at Phil McKinney. So I will link to those in the show notes at Kill Innovations for today's show so that you can actually click back over to Phil McKinney. You can find the blog post, find the questions, and there's some more background information around uh, the structure of these questions and why I think these questions are important when you are out trying to select um, an innovation coach and an innovation mentor. Um, in the show notes, I'll also include a link um, to some information about the coaching and mentoring that I do. I'm not out recruiting for uh, new uh, clients for coaching and mentoring. Uh, my time is, is pretty limited. Um, I only do a very small set, a handful of people any, on any given time uh, just because of uh, you know the bandwidth. That's, but uh, if you're interested in just hearing how I do it, um, let me know. Now, with that said, there have been so many requests for people wanting to uh, do phone calls with me or get my advice, and I get emails, and I, and I try to respond to them all. So if I haven't responded to you, I apologize. Um, I literally try to respond 100% of the time. Um, but I've had a couple of people recommend or ask if I would ever think about um, putting together some kind of a, of a master class uh, type of structure uh, whereby you know a group of us would get together on a, on a video conference call on a regular basis um, as part of uh, allowing people to kind of interact other innovators um, who are you know within either within an organization or founders who are trying to do something with a startup company or inventors or whatever um, and I've toyed around with the idea it is interesting I may do that if that's something that you might be interested in, just drop me a note and let me know. Uh, I've gotten a handful of emails from people who are interested um, in, in participating in that. So um, I may try to do something because then I can just do it, you know, just set up maybe the hour right before the radio show or the hour right after the radio show, more likely the hour right after the radio show, uh, to then just kind of stay online and just continue on the conversation. So. Yeah, something you're interested, let me know. Um, now, one of the things that I try to do, the, 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 the reason why I do this show is because of my mentor, Bob Davis, and you heard about that earlier. Uh, later in my life, I went back to Bob and said, how do I pay you back? You, gave, you invested so much time and so much energy into my career. How do I pay you back? And Bob actually laughed. He's like, hey, Phil, you know, you can't pay me back. You know, I'm late in my career i'm retired now what you need to do phil is pay it forward you need you know just as i invested in you you need to go find people that you can go invest in and i'm proud to say that i actually you know have done and done a fair amount of mentoring um particularly with uh, uh my college interns that come in um, i'll bring in you know at hp we would have a couple hundred interns during the summer and I actually would pick one or two of them and actually have them live in my house with me. Um, yes, they would actually live with me. My wife goes away for the summer. She's a camp nurse, so she volunteers at kids' camps during the summer. Um, but I actually um, had interns who actually lived in the house with me. Um, and I'm proud to say that it's those interns that I selected and ones that I invested a significant amount of time on, I still have very close relationships with. I had one who actually... Um, lived outside the country, flew his fiance 
to meet with me because he wanted me to meet his fiance. And this is, before, you know, you know, early in their relationship, um, because just because of our relationship, um, I've got other mentors that are, you know, 30, 25 years ago who have gone on to have just absolutely phenomenal careers, not because of something I did, but just because of their natural ability. And maybe I played a little bitty small part in, 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 uh, steering them, you know, in the right direction. Um, and so, you know, mentoring is, is incredibly important to me. But one way I actually share this expertise is through this show and through this podcast. Uh, this week is the last week for season 11. Next week, we will be starting season 12 of the Killer Innovation Show. Uh, I keep reminding people that we were doing this show before iTunes even existed. Um, and we've got a good listener base. We're not like, you know, I'm not like a, a Tim Ferriss or any of the big shows. Um, but you know, the fan base, you've all been extremely loyal to the show and without that listener base, the killer innovation show just would absolutely not exist. And so I just wanted to extend and say, thank you. If you've got ideas and things that you want in season 12, just drop me a note, Phil at killerinnovations.com. Uh, but one thing I do want to make available to you is, um, the free version of my audio course. This is something that over on Amazon they sell for $19. Don't pay the $19. You can get it for free. All you need to do is text the word INNOVATE to 33444, or you can go over, if you're outside the U.S., go to killerinnovations.com innovate. And this whole course is about really to show you how easy innovation really is. It's not as hard as you think. It's why we do the show. It's why I'm making the audio course available to you for free. Uh, it's why I wrote the book, right, to show you how easy innovation really is. Anybody can do it. You can do it. So go over there, get the course for free, and, uh, and take advantage of that. The one thing that I would ask, you know, we do this all for free. The content is free. 100% of my author royalties go to get donated to charity. This is not a moneymaker for us. But what, what I would ask for you, from you, though, is is tell other people about the show. Spread the word. Pass, pay it forward by passing around the information about the Innovation Show. And take the 20 seconds to go over to iTunes and give us a comment and give us a rating. I would really, really appreciate that. So stay tuned. Next week, it's the start of Season 12 of the Innovation Show. Look forward to spending that time with you next week. And until then... Keep on innovating, and don't let the innovation antibodies get you down. This is Phil McKinney. You're listening to Kill Innovations on the BizTalk Radio Network. The opinions you hear on BizTalk Radio are those of the hosts, callers, and guests, and do not necessarily reflect those of this station, BizTalk Radio, its management, or advertisers. The information on BizTalk Radio does not constitute a recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or service. If you have any questions about BizTalk Radio, contact us at 817-274-1609 or at biztalkradio.com. BizTalk Radio. 